Welcome to the Move the Stairs podcast by the Denver-based public relations strategist at MNC Communications. We help clients from the CBD industry to nonprofits and beyond tackle their toughest communications challenges and protect their brand using our state-of-the-art tools and strategies. I'm president and founder, Diane Mulligan. For us, public relations is all about brand protection. We are experts in growing active communities, deflecting negative public relations, and building trust to help our clients stand head and shoulders above competitors. I'm Vice President Sarah Beatty. We're all former journalists. We've been in front of the camera and behind the scenes. We call our experience insider media relations, helping clients turn crisis communications and media relations challenges into opportunities that bolster the bottom line. And I'm PR manager Jordan Sherman. At MNC, we craft distinctive and effective solutions for your communications challenges. We call it our Move the Stairs philosophy. On this podcast, we share our best ideas for brand protection, crisis communications, media relations, and more. Let's get right to it. This week's Move the Stairs podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 55 of the Move the Stairs podcast, the podcast for CBD business owners. We are recording on Friday, December 3rd, 2021. We're so happy you're joining us for this very exciting conversation. I'm Jordan Sherman, joined alongside by my colleague, Diane Mulligan. How are you, Diane? Hey, I'm great. And episode 55, I just love that we're over the 50s now. That's really cool. Anyway, <laughs> I, I know. See. It's like we can pretend that we know what we're doing on these uh, podcasts. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> hey, Jordan, today we're going to talk about a key component of brand protection PR. We know that. Um, establishing relationships with members of the media are so important. But you know what's interesting? It doesn't always mean taking every interview request. You know, that's fascinating because we know that insider media relations, that's what we call um, that component of brand protection PR, uh, is a great way to, you know, use the media beneficially. It's a mutual beneficial relationship to reach um, either your current customers or potential customers. But sometimes as you're working to grow that part of your brand, um, that's not a great tactic to go for. And, and sometimes that growth can be hindered by taking those interviews, right? Absolutely. You know, we, we always say that every interview is an opportunity, but that doesn't mean that you have to be the one who's interviewed. And that's what we're going to talk right. about. So we always look at speaking with the media as an opportunity, especially when trying to develop thought leadership. But there are times when it's just not worth it to be the specific one who's going to be interviewed. So what we're going to talk today is talk about today is how do you say no to an interview without saying no to an interview? And I can't <laughs> wait to uh, to get into that. Um so we're going to discuss today first how to prepare for an interview. So there's there's really four things that you need to really think about when you pick up the phone and there's a reporter on the other end of the phone, or you even see, um, you know, on your, your caller ID that it's a reporter calling. So first thing I want to say is before we get into the four is I do think it's important to answer the call. I think that's mm -hmm. always important to answer the call. And it's always important if you miss the call to call the reporter back. 
but I don't want you to think that you have to be the one who's going to be giving the interview, who's going to be quoted. That's what we're going to talk about today. So first, who is the reporter? Is this a reporter that you know? And if not, you're going to want to take that time once you find out the reporter's name to do some research. Not only who is the reporter, but second, who are they reporting for? Really important to know the organization they work for. And, you know, when, I, when I'm researching who's the reporter and who are they reporting for, I like to go back to their last five stories and really look at them and see, is there any kind of a political bent? Are they, mm-hmm. um, are they a reporter who's really looking for um, more of a, uh, a personalized story? Or are they somebody who's just purely factual? Or do they write with, um, you know, you can write a factual story, but the way you write it, can kind of lead people to specific conclusions. So you want to know that. And one of the ways you can do that, right, is have they asked any specific questions? So when I'm doing that initial initial interview with them, and that's how you have to think about it, you're interviewing them before they interview you, you ask them what exactly are you looking for? What kind of questions do you, I want, and, and the way I frame it is, I really want to make sure that I have the right information for you So where are you going with the story? What kind of questions do you want to ask? Um, And then I would say, get off the phone. Um, Because it's really important to say, you know, I really want to do this interview, but I need 15 to 20 minutes. The only other thing that I would ask is, what's your deadline? So if they say my deadline Mm -hmm. is right now, I would say, I I get that, but I've got something that's going on right now. I need 15 minutes. You need that time to be able to go back and really focus in and do your homework on who you're talking to, because that's going to keep you safe. You're going to have a better idea, the likelihood that you're going to get hit with something that you weren't ready for. um, All those are very, very important. But remember, when you see that phone call come in, if you don't take it, you want to call back the reporter within 15 minutes. So it's kind of like the 15 minute rule. First off, get back with the reporter in 15 minutes if, if you've missed the call. And then get off the phone as soon as you've gotten the answers to the question, who's the reporter? Who are they reporting for? Um, Do they have any specific questions? And where are they going with the story? If you've got those four answers, now you get off the phone and you do your research. And then you make sure you call them back and call them back when you say you're going to call them back. Um, and, and make sure, you know, if they say our de- my deadline's tomorrow, give yourself an hour or two. That's fine. But if they say my deadline's in a half an hour and I need somebody right now, then you're going to want to respond one way or the other. And that's what we're going to talk about next in within 15 minutes to them. You know, there's a really um, there's a really cool graphic. It's an infographic that comes out every year. And for the life of me, Diana, I cannot remember who publishes it. Um, but it basically showcases the the political leanings of just any news outlet that you can think of. But in 2021, we've seen um, so many different news outlets kind of branching off from your traditional news. I mean, we were just researching one earlier this week because we were like, oh, my gosh, you know, right. uh, we've heard of these guys, but they seem to be getting a little bit more popular. Um, and you're going to continue to see that. So it's important to, to follow up and, and kind of see where the stories, um, you know, may be going with these particular news organizations, especially if you've never heard of them before. 
um and gosh i wish i could remember who publishes it you know what i'm talking about right diane yeah i do i do but i can't remember that either I, but, I but the other thing it. that i think yeah it's so important jordan is that you um not only do you want to know the political bent of the of the outlet which makes me sad to mm -hmm. even say because journalism shouldn't have a political bent but that's my own personal opinion but also does this reporter has this reporter done other stories on your industry and what's their feeling about the industry or is this reporter a complete newbie which is a great opportunity if it's somebody who's brand new because you you can really become a resource for that person whether or not you want to be the person who is uh who's quoted but you know there are reporters who um they take stands on specific industries and on CBD, that's certainly something that could, you know, maybe they are very pro CBD or maybe they're not so sure that it's worth their time and somebody just assigned them the story and they just have to get through it. Go back and see what you can find, right? Because that's so important. And I think one last thing before we move on to our, our next point, this is not gonna take you long to do this research. I mean, literally, um, come up with the a local reporter in your city or your town, type into Google, and then look at the last three stories that they did. This takes you, what, two minutes? So even though, yes, you're going to respond within 15 minutes, and Diane and I have been chatting about this, um, this is not going to take you all day to do this uh, type no. of research. If you have the time to do it, great. Um, if not, it, this is just going to be a, a quick and dirty look at um, you know what it is that they cover. So you know, speaking of which, um, this brings us to our next point. You know, it, it's evaluating this interview opportunity. Is this a good opportunity for your brand? Are you the right person to be handling this type of interview? Is this interview going to help your brand? Is it going to hurt your brand? And I think these are all questions that um, you have to have the answer to. And, and there's no, you know, there, there's no one way or the other. You have to know if this is going to help you or you have to know if this is going to hurt you. There's no gray area. If there's gray area um, and you're getting ready to take that interview, it's probably not going to be the best opportunity for you. Um, but if you've done your research, like Diane has pointed out, you know who it is that you're talking to, you know who they're reporting for, um, you have an idea of what they're going to be asking you, you should be able to go into that with full confidence knowing, hey, I'm going to knock this out of the ballpark. Or Absolutely. on the other I, hand. Or yeah. don't, right? Right. Exactly. Or how do I get out of this gracefully? <laughs> you don't want to set yourself up for failure. Exactly. But exactly. You know, one of the things that I think is really important, Jordan, is um, mm -hmm. not only should we look at the reporter, but when we look at the outlet, if you just go to their website and type in, in this case, CBD, or maybe it's um, on social justice that they're talking about some of the social justice issues around cannabis. Whatever that is, you want to type that in and see what the organization has put on before. That's also really important. What, how have they how have they covered this specific topic before? So it's those two things. And Jordan's exactly right. It doesn't take more than fifteen minutes to really do some very quick sleuthing to figure out if this is going to be a great opportunity for you or not. So even if it is a good opportunity for, you know, a CBD brand spokesperson, Diane, we, we have to think about um, who is the audience for that particular news outlet and how are the words from that spokesperson going to be perceived? 
Um, in 2021, you know, if you see something written, it could be completely taken out of context compared to what the soundbite um, is trying to convey. So it's really important to be thinking about, um, you know, how your words are going to impact the readers or the listeners. And, you know, we always like to draw on the MNC3 um, when we're, when we're, you know, coaching our clients about this. And that's your best friend, um, your worst enemy and uh, maybe your elderly grandparent, um, your best friend in these interviews, you know, um, this is somebody who is going to support you no matter what. You've been best friends since the day you were born, and they're going to be super excited for you. Um, and that's helpful to think of that person because it kind of helps you energize yourself in that interview if you picture the reporter who's your best friend. But on the other hand, Diane, you've got your worst enemy, and they're going to take anything you say and twist it into something that is going to make you or your brand look bad, which I got to tell you is, has never been easier in the age of social media yeah. and digital media. Um, so it's important to have that messaging dialed in. And then you have your grandparent and Diane, I love your explanation for the grandparent for the MNC3. So I'll let you take this one away. Well, you know, when, when I was in television news and my grandmother would ask me about what I did, I could have talked to her about Vosots and packages and used all kinds of mm -hmm. lingo as I was discussing anything with her. But man, if I did, she would stop me dead in my tracks and say, hey, I do not understand what you're saying. Explain what you're saying. And then it's not talking down. It's talking mm -hmm in a way that if you want to use any of the words which you think someone may or may not get because they're not in the industry that you just put a definition behind them. So if you're, you know, if you're talking about CBD, you can talk about the fact that, you know, this is the part of the hemp plant, um, there's no THC in it, um, or there is THC, however you want to say, but the, the point is that you're explaining any technical terms as you're using them. So again, it's not dumbing it down. And I think people get very confused on that, that, oh, I have to speak yeah. at like a sixth grader level. That is not true at all. What you have to do is make sure that if you're using any lingo, that you are making sure that you explain what the words mean as you're talking to someone, because that's speaking to someone with respect. And that's so important. Um, you know, you want to have that high energy as when you see your best friend for the first time after five years and you're talking to them and you're kind of up and you're excited. That's really a great way to look at, you know, really connecting with the audience as you're doing an interview, especially if you're doing an on-air interview, whether it's television or radio. Um, but you also always want to have that person in the background who is, you know, the person who can really twist what you say. Um, that's the second person. And then I always think of my grandmother because she always kept me in line. Um, and <laughs> I didn't want, I could never, I mean, had I been disrespectful, man, she would have really come down on me. Um, and as she should have, but so it's not a matter of you're, you're talking to anyone because they're dumb. You are talking to people in a way that you're explaining what you're talking about so that they really, um, so you're really communicating well and um, and that you're doing it in a way that's extremely respectful. So Couldn't Jordan, we, I, we talk yeah. about doing all this and this is kind of like moving the stairs during an interview and, and, you know, moving the stairs means that you take what life gives you, whether it's a reporter calling from a good, in a good situation or a bad situation in this case, and you make the most of it. 
you take what you have and you really focus in and you don't say, if only it was this reporter, if only it was that reporter, but instead you're like, this is what I've got. Now I have to figure out how to handle it and how to really make the most of this. So it really ends up being the best situation for my company. And that's all about building the relationships with the reporters. So how do you handle that? I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, you're looking at how you're going to move the stairs, um, it, especially when you find yourself in an interview scenario or um, a potential interview scenario where you have a reporter that's looking to localize a story. Um, we, we talk about this a lot when you see national headlines um, that are speaking to a very broad audience. Um, you may have, if, if it's a big story, you may have local reporters, you know, trying to um, bring it into their own community and see how this national headline is potentially impacting, um, you know, people who are your neighbors. So when that phone rings, it's a good idea to kind of have an idea of what is happening uh, nationally, what's happening regionally. Um, and is there anything happening locally, especially as it pertains to, you know, cannabis, hemp, CBD, whatever the case may be? Um, you know, I like to think of what's happening or lack thereof happening uh, at the federal level, Diane. Uh, right. The moment we do get a little bit more guidance from the FDA, other than the narrative of we need more research, uh, right. it's going to be national headlines. Um, it will be. It, it will be. But, you know, let's flip that on its on its head. Um, there was an yeah. article that came out about um, there was some testing of um, some CBD products. Oh, I don't know, six to eight months ago. And they came out with um, a lot of heavy metals in them. Do you remember that story? That was a national story. I, I could definitely see a reporter calling you and saying, I want to talk about this. First off, you need to know every day what's going on in the world regarding um, regarding CBD. And the way I do that is with my Google Alerts. So I set Google Alerts so that when a story crosses, um, you know, twice a day, I get a rundown from Google of every story that's crossed on CBD that day. And so I can see, is there something that's getting a lot of national attention? Now, what can you do if it's a negative story, right? And... Um, and that happens nationally. That's where you have the opportunity to say, here are the best practices. It's really an opportunity for, for you to be a thought leader. So that's something that you right. can do. And remember, reporters are going to want to localize national stories all the time. That's one of the big things they do. They look for somebody to talk about. So you have to weigh, will my name being associated with this story be a good thing or a bad thing? And how much um, how much do I want to talk about it? And so that's where you come back and forth. But one of the things you can do is you can talk about best practices if you think, and I would say if you have a good relationship with that reporter. If you don't know the reporter from Adam, then I then we're going to talk about some other strategies for you. Because you don't want to necessarily contribute to a politically charged story or a controversial story but you don't want to say, no, I don't want, I don't have anything to say about that, or I don't want to comment on that. Um, for the most part, we never say always, we never say never. For the most part, you want to stay away from that, but we're going to give you another uh, tip in just a minute on what you can do for that. But before we do that, um, I really want to talk about real quick next week, Jamie Petty from the Midwest Hemp Council is going to be with us. And we're going to talk about what you need to do from a messaging standpoint to prepare 
let's say you've worked forever to get a great distribution for your product and you've got that distribution now it's going into these stores how do you prepare the employees how do you think about what you should be doing for customers who don't know that much about your product as far as educating them so this is going to be fascinating as to what you need to have ready and how fast you need to move because you've worked so hard to get your product out and now you have that opportunity so that's next week that's everybody's Let's dream exactly you want to exactly exactly so you know jordan um one of the the topics that i think is really important when that when that phone call comes in and you've asked all the questions you have an idea where the story is going you've hung up the phone now you've done some research you know what's going on nationally and locally you know what they're trying to do who is the right person jordan to really um how do you decide who the right person is to do this interview that's a fascinating question because, you know, Diane, we were on a, a video shoot earlier this week and um, a couple of the people that we talked to off camera, I mean, they could talk your ear off. Um, I, I mean, you were just kind of captivated that you were hanging on every word that they said. But as soon as that camera came on, it, yeah. they just kind of tightened up and it's like eh, all my words and sentences will be, or you know, three word sentences. And so even if you have somebody in your company who's really personable, gets along with everyone, you know, can tell stories at the water cooler from sun up until sundown, um, they may not be the best person to go on camera for you. In fact, that may be somebody else who um, is quieter in the office, but when they do speak, they have um, an idea to keep um, one thought per sentence or one message point per sentence. Um, and that's something that we uh, certainly uh, offer our clients uh, before they are going to be taking an interview. So, um, you know, you have to have a protocol, I guess, is what I'm saying, of who's going to be taking those interviews. And for smaller companies, sure, I get it. Um, it's usually going to be your owner or uh, the president of the company. And if you do have a spokesperson, that's fantastic, too. But it's important to uh, kind of have those roles defined um, ahead of time and get some media training. I mean, shoot, we help out with that, Diane, and is all former journalists and um, literally uh, one third of our brand protection PR pillar being insider media relations. You know, we specialize this and we can really help people, you know, hone in on their message. And I think that's probably the most important thing, secondary to making sure you have the right person on camera your messaging has got to be on point. And it's really worth, I mean, looking at it, I would say quarterly, because as your products change, um, as culture changes, um, as, as regulations may change, it's important to make sure that everybody from the top of the company all the way down to you know people who are in retail um, are on the same page. Absolutely. And you know, when it comes to um, media training, Media training gives you the ability to know what to say, because if you're media trained well, you know how to take, we call it the off ramps to get on those off ramps when the questions come out of left field, or they're, they're just phrased a little bit off from what you think they should be. If, if you have, there's, there's a few hacks that we teach people that, man, they make so much difference. Because then you know that no matter what the question is, you know how to get away from the question without looking like you're not answering the question, which is really, really important. Right. 
The other thing is with updating your messaging, people are always like, well, what, what the heck is messaging and what does that really mean? What I like to do is when I'm getting in, when I'm going to be interviewed and I've asked all my questions and then I said, let me call you back in 15 minutes. I've done my work. The next thing I do is I write down what are the three top things that I want this reporter to know. So while I may have basic messaging about MNC communications, or I may have basic messaging about CBD, I know that there's an angle. I know that there's someplace that this reporter wants to go. What are the things that I really want to say? That way, if I have actually, and I believe it's really important that you actually write them down with a pen and pencil, not type them. Because we know um, from brain science that when you're writing and you're looking at something as you're writing it, it's using different parts of your brain. And that messaging gets into your brain so that when you're asked the question, it comes out very naturally. The other thing, it stops the ums, the ahs. I have a habit of looking up when I'm thinking, which makes me look really dumb. And so you don't want to, you don't want to be thinking like that. Instead, you want to know exactly where you're going, because as much as that reporter is asking questions, you want to help lead that reporter to get them the information that you truly believe that they need, the information that's really important about the topic. And that's what messaging is all about. You're going to have your standard messages that this is who we are and this is what we do. And, mm -hmm. and you want, you want to reinforce all that, but really think about what is the story that they're talking about and what is your message on that story? What are they looking for? So that's really important if you're going to do the interview. And if you decided that it's going to help your, your company, and this is the way for you to increase your thought leadership and just your professionality and build trust. Because when people see that people are answering questions and they're answering them in such a way that it's clear, it's concise, and I can understand the one, two, three, all of a sudden mm -hmm. their trust in you starts to go up. And that's a tremendous thing, even if it's a negative story. So now getting to the, uh, the negative story portion of it, or just kind of the out of left field story, how do we say no? without saying no, because I think there's a little bit of an art form in that too, especially as you're looking at um, industry reporters who are going to be a little bit more savvy than, um, you know, general assignment reporters, maybe working for the local newspaper or television or radio stations. Um, they're not used to hearing no, Diane. <laughs> they are used to getting their interview, even if they've got to beat down the door to get it because they're on deadline and they are turning more than one story a day and they have got S to do, and they need you to help them get it done. So, you know, I, I, should I say no comment? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't have time for this, and um, they want to talk to me. Do I say no comment? How, how do I go? I would, say, I would say you never say no comment. That's a never for me. Never no, those two words, no comment. The minute you say no comment, red flags go up in the reporter's mind immediately. Why? Why no comment? Um but if you, if you say, I can't really answer that, but this is what I can give you, um, then you're, you're helping them. If they ask the question that you don't want to comment on three or four times, I have said to reporters, you know, I know you really need the specific answer. And I really appreciate that. I'm just not the person to give you that answer. I did not say no comment. I said that I understood where they were coming from. I have some empathy with them. Um, mm -hmm. and, but I also many times I'll also say, and I don't want to waste your time. I know you've got to get this. So I'm just not the right person that way. Very nicely. I've moved off, but I always have, but I can give you this. 
That's mm. really important. I, I think so too, you know, and if you don't have that and you, I think we, um, this, what I'm about to say is probably more applicable to a, um, like a, a negative story or a crisis scenario. You, you have to have a hold statement. Um, and it, it may be just something as simple as, um, we understand blank, um, and, you know, follow it up with, you know, we are looking into blank and that's it. Um, it, right. it's really something because the, the no comment, uh, obviously makes you look bad. Um, it makes you look like you have something to hide, but also sometimes silence speaks volumes. And if you do find yourself in that scenario where something not good is happening and you're not out there with something to at least address and acknowledge right. that something is happening, makes you look really bad and, you know, Absolutely. you lose trust. Yep, absolutely. I mean, really saying that such and such is we understand such and such has happened. We take it very seriously. Right. We're looking into this and we will be coming out again by the end of the day, by tomorrow. But we will be get, or we'll just be getting back to you with a statement. Um, that's also right. another opportunity where you can do a written statement instead of an interview. That's a that's another great way that you can come back with something where you've really thought about very carefully thought about what you're writing that's really important. The other thing you can do, and, and we have done this numerous times, and man, the reporters have really, um, really liked it actually, is that we'll get a, we'll get a call on something and we're like, Ooh, this could go either way for our client, but the industry has a spokesperson. There's usually an organization. Um, and many times that's part of their job is to speak for a greater group, a bigger group. So instead of them being able to say it's this specific company who said this, if an industry spokesperson, an association spokesperson talks about how it impacts the industry, it takes so much of the heat off of that one small company. So it's very important for you to be involved in your industry organizations, the, the nonprofit associations that are involved with you, anything like that. Um, and to know the people who are at the head of those organizations, because there will be times when I would still say, I'll call you back in 15 minutes. And I would never, ever give a fellow industry expert's name until I called them first and said, listen, this is what's going on. I really want to have the reporter call you because I think it's, a, it's much better coming from you than it is coming from our specific company. Um, and then I will call the reporter back and say, you know, I've really thought about this and I think you need somebody who has a, um, a greater impact on the whole industry to speak from you. I've talked to them. Here's who's ready to talk to you. Here's their phone number and they're waiting for your call. I have yet to have had that been to, to be a problem because the, you're basically what the reporter wants is the interview. And you have may have been just the next one, and I'm going to date myself in the yellow pages, not in the yellow pages, but the next one online, the next company online that they saw when they put in CBD businesses near me. And that's why you got the call, because maybe they have no background in it whatsoever. Many times that's how this is happening. There's a national mm -hmm. story. They have to localize it. They have to figure it out right away. And so you end up getting the call. And that's the last thing that you want to happen because you don't really want to be associated with this. If you're working with an industry expert, if you have someone who is a great spokesperson for the industry, 
have them. I have them on my speed dial many times um, because I can give them a call and then I can move the reporter over to them. And that's a that's a win win for everybody. And that's what we're always trying to do when we move the stairs is uh, develop that relationship with reporters. That's a win win because I can bet I can tell you for sure that reporter will call you again on a positive story because you help them out on the negative story. That is a crash course, uh, my friends and listeners in insider media relations. And Diane, a really a great topic. And, you know, people who may be getting to the end of this podcast and say, well, why don't you just say how to say no nicely right at the beginning? It's important to go through these steps because Absolutely. you're not always going to want to say no to a, uh, a reporter's request for an interview. Um, it, but it's important to go through this checklist, this five point checklist and say, um, you know, is this the right thing for me? If not, you know, what can I do about it so that I can continue to forge relationships with media, um, but not necessarily put up a brick wall to say, no, I'm unavailable and I'm not going to talk about this. I think that's so, so important. Jordan, real, Jordan, real yeah. quick, let's just do the five points. You yeah. want to have, do your preparation, then you want yep. to evaluate and make sure that this is um, a great opportunity or not. Then you want to look at what's going around in the world, right? And then you want to think, who is the right person to do this interview? And if you have to say no, say no nicely. That's point five. Could not have said it better myself. So thank you, everyone, for joining us today on the Move the Stairs podcast. We'll catch you again in a couple of weeks for our next all-new episode. As Diane previewed earlier, we are super excited to be speaking with Jamie Petty from the Midwest Hemp Council on the best ways to prep ahead of landing that big distribution deal. So be sure to join us then. And we hope you're having a wonderful holiday season.